The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Booper, supporting the health of millions of Australians. Because life happens. Find out more at booper.com.au. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 30th of October. In your Swiss today, the Queensland election is upon us. Another terror attack in France. Disaster in Vietnam. And the year of the leftovers. This is your Squeeze Today. Thirty-first of October tomorrow, Claire. That's Halloween, but it's also the Queensland election. The battle is between current Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk of the Labor Party and the Liberal National Party's Deb Frecklington. By all accounts, it could be close. As it currently stands, the Labor Party has 48 seats, the LNP has 39, and there's a smattering of others to make up the 93-seat parliament. Talk us through the key issues, Claire. There's 3.3 million voters uh, in Queensland. Already a million votes have been cast. COVID casts a big shadow over this election. A lot of those votes have come in, uh, of course, because people don't want to go to crowded places on Saturday because of the coronavirus. And that could have an impact on how the vote comes in. Early voting tends to sway things a little bit. We'll wait and see how that plays out. But of course, coronavirus has been the biggest policy issue of the campaign as well. That, of course, comes down to the way the Palaszczuk government has handled that border. There's lots of people who are very praiseful of that, but there's others who have seen their businesses really impacted, particularly in the tourism sector. Yeah, it's been flagged by Palaszczuk that the border will open on Sunday. Lots of speculation that she might announce today, if that's the case. As far as what the outcome of the election is likely to be, Claire, we know better than to try and make a prediction, but history is on Labor's side. It is. Labor has been in government in Queensland for 26 of the last 31 years. It's a very close one, though. There just needs to be a swing of 0.7% to put Labor into a minority government position uh, for the LNP. That's the Liberal National Party to get across the line. It actually needs a bigger swing than that, about 3.5% to get into government. So we're really looking at a situation in Queensland where there could be minority government. Uh, and the Catter Party is the one to watch there. It's got a lot of strong support behind it as far as the polls are concerned. Uh, It's a sort of centre-right party. It does vote with Labor on a whole heap of things, but it has all sorts of issues with Labor at the moment, particularly Palaszczuk's commitment to go forward with assisted dying laws. All the best to Queenslanders who are listening. Happy voting. Over to France now, and there's been another terror attack overnight. This time, three people were killed at a church in Nice. It's caused France to raise its alert to the highest level nationally. President Macron has called it an Islamic terrorist attack. Yeah, authorities haven't confirmed that yet, but certainly the president says that it is. Thousands of troops have also been deployed to protect churches and schools across France. Uh, It was another terrible attack in Nice. It looks like one of the women who were killed was virtually beheaded, reports say. Uh, Another man and woman were killed in that stabbing attack. There's also been attacks uh, in Avignon and also at the French consulate in Saudi Arabia. Authorities have 
haven't said whether those incidents are linked, but certainly it seems uh, that that is really part of what's happening in France at the moment with the terror warning uh, up at 2015 levels when there were those really terrible attacks in France. This plays into a much bigger global issue for France. Many Muslims saying Macron is unfairly targeting France's estimated five to six million Muslim population. That's the largest community in Europe. And it's seen protests against France in several Muslim countries, some urging a boycott of French goods. Still in Europe, and there's concern about the rise in COVID cases, in particular, Claire, in France again. They're seeing 58% of the nation's intensive care beds occupied by COVID 19 patients. Yeah, really tough day for France yesterday. Uh, it is reinstating a nationwide lockdown. Germany is also concerned about what's happening with COVID there. It's moving towards business closures, uh, looking at hospitality and entertainment businesses. They're very concerned as they head into winter that cases are are going to get worse and there's some steps in place, not just in France and Germany, but other European countries to try and head that off. More than 2 million new coronavirus cases have been reported across the globe in the past week. That's the shortest time it's taken for an increase of that scale during the pandemic. Over to Vietnam and it's been experiencing storms, heavy rains and floods for the best part of October, Claire. The latest is Typhoon Molav. Really terrible time in Vietnam. It's had back-to-back disasters. Typhoon Molav has seen 19 people killed, 64 people are missing. More than a million people have been affected by flooding and by landslides. Uh, If you look at the pictures, there's all sorts of rescuers trying to wade through mud, basically, to try and get people out. Uh, It's hit the coast. Uh, If you know Vietnam at all around that township of Hoi An uh, and Da Nang. Yeah, at least 150,000 people are said to be facing food shortages due to those storms and the crop destruction that comes along with it. If that wasn't enough, weather watchers are predicting another storm is on the horizon. The Australian Financial Review's annual rich list is out, Claire. Gina Reinhart takes out the top gong. The following nine blokes are familiar names in the top ten. No real surprises. Yeah, and what has happened, I guess, is a bit of a trend is that those who have uh, part of their wealth or all of their wealth attached to iron ore, they've seen it really double this year because prices are up significantly. Uh, That's why Gina Reinhart's up the top there. So is Andrew Twiggy Forrest and Clive Palmer makes a top 10 appearance for the first time with his wealth doubling as well. One man who is also on the rich list, though down at number 24, it's tough, is Solomon Liu. He owns 10% of Maya. He's in the news today as the chairman of the retail store resigned yesterday ahead of an AGM that was by all accounts set to vote to sack him from that job. Yeah, Solomon Liu certainly hasn't made his fortune around Maya. Uh, it has no. seen its share price fall really dramatically in recent times. Just keep in mind when it floated back in 2009 uh, to buy a share was $4.10. Maya shares are now at $0.24. Cents. So it's a bit of a reflection about that retailer's fortunes. Gary Hounsell has been hounded by Lou and by others to go because of Maya's poor performance. He seems to like the tough jobs. Hounsell is also currently the chair of Hello World Travel, another company that is facing some real challenges <laughs> due to the pandemic. 
In a year that seems full of bad news, Claire, it's good to know that not everyone is doing it tough. One brand that's on the up is Tupperware. Tupperware has had an incredible COVID period. It's seen its stock surge. It's gone from $1.15 in mid-March to $28.80 yesterday. When it had to face shareholders this week, it had a really good story to tell. Uh, It says that it's been a great turnaround success. That goes to my subject line today. Whenever I hear the word turnaround, I always go for turnaround bright eyes. Oh, yeah. So that's where we landed today. But yeah, lots of people buying Tupperware, particularly in Europe and America. Well, with a nine-month-old at home, I know I've certainly contributed to those results. (laughs) Tupperware has been a great friend of mine in 2020. And to fill that Tupperware container, Claire, in the Squiz Today email, you've included a link to a spag bowl recipe. It doesn't feel like a normal spag bowl. It's a bit fancy. Yeah, Jill Duplex is one of my really favourite recipe contributors on the Good Food website and I've done her spag bowl a number of times. It takes a little bit of effort. It's not just opening a jar and chopping up an onion and whacking some mince in. It's quite a special one. So, yeah, really worth the effort. Um, I'm having a go at her scone this week though there's a range of masterclass recipes that have been released and I've never really been great at scones so I'm going to give it a go. I'll pop both of those recipes in your episode notes. And before we go, October ends tomorrow. That's when our latest giveaway ends. So long story short, if you jump into the Squiz Today email and use your unique link to share the Squiz with friends, with work colleagues, with your grandma, whoever, and they sign up before the end of tomorrow, you're in the draw to win a Sparrow Designs bag to the value of $600. Beautiful bags. I have one. They are quality. So get on that. That's all from us today, I think, Claire. That's it. Enjoy your weekend and we'll be back on Monday. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.